Hello and welcome to the Scottish Liberty Podcast with me, Darren Eggenschwiller, and me, Tom Webb. Welcome to the show. First up, we're going to talk about uh, Derek Scott's brand Derek, new daughter. Derek Scott, uh, yeah, the deputy leader of the Scottish Libertarian Party, has brung forth the fruit of his loins. Uh, he has a young daughter by the name of Alicia Scott. So welcome to the world, Alicia, and uh, well done, uh, Derek, and well done, his wife, uh, for that marathon uh, giving birth. Uh, I hope you're all doing well, and uh, welcome to fatherhood. It's the gift that keeps on taking. <laughs> so uh, yeah, no, I'm sure it's all going to be good, uh, and uh, yeah, well done there. So, I mean, I just have, I just congratulations. Have to, yeah, congratulations from us all, uh, and uh, if anybody's a. Uh, watching this, I'm sure there'll be plenty of us, uh, just all send Derek your, your regards. I mean, I know that when I, uh, when I, you know, sort of had, well, I didn't have my daughter, my wife had my daughter, but when, I, when my daughter was born, it was probably the scariest thing that ever happened to me in my life, you know, so <laughs> I hope it's different for Derek, it's going to be fantastic, so uh, so that's all good. Unfortunately, um, I haven't been through the same myself yet. But, yeah, uh, well, don't worry about it, you know. It'll happen one day. Yeah, it will, it will happen one day. It will happen lucky. to you. Okay, so uh, obviously the small one is still in India, uh, lying on a bed of nails, listening to Ravi Shankar. But fear not, he will be with us again one day, even if it's just in the form of a glowing orb of enlightenment floating next to me on the a couch. A couple of inches above yeah, the, yeah, just the, the, the couch. It's transcended this uh, physical realm. So anyway, so what, we, you, what else have we got now? You apparently had some sort of rant about the well, SNP. Well, okay, yeah, I've, I've got a bit of an announcement. It's an important announcement, I think. Um, and it's this, this is a difficult one for me. I mean, I've agonised over this for a long, long time. Uh, and I agonised over it in the first uh, independence referendum. I mean, I think right up until the, the month before the referendum, I was undecided. I, I was leaning towards probably uh, abstaining because I kind of knew back then, I suspected the tricks that the, the Scottish Notional Party were up to. Um, but in the end, I was faced with it. I mean, I'm, I'm a lifelong fan of independence. I believe in independence. I think you said before that you would um, extrapolate independence to the individual. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I want I, you, you know. I don't wouldn't want to make people just independent of Westminster. I want to make them independent of Brussels, and I want to make them independent of Holyrood. Finally, you know, and, and everybody, you know, be in charge of their own lives. You know, don't hurt people. Don't take their stuff. It shouldn't really be that complicated. Um, but anyway. I faced with the question, the question on the ballot was, I believe, do you think Scotland should be an independent country? And at the time, I could only answer yes to that question. But. But. Um, it's absolutely clear that the SNP are determined. Now, I mean, don't get me wrong, they, they might not get their way. There's all sorts of things that could happen. Um, they might not have a choice in the matter. But as things stand, they have linked, inextricably linked, uh, the NDRF2 with remaining in, in Europe. Europe. And as long as that's the case, the EU rather. then I'm afraid this time round, I'm going to have to vote no. 
and it pains me because I'm a lifelong believer in independence. I'm still a believer in independence. Unfortunately, the SNP do not believe in independence. They falsely claim they do, uh, but they believe in something called, or they call independence in Europe, which is an oxymoron. It does not exist. You, do, you cannot be an independent sovereign nation in Europe. You give up your sovereignty in order to become part of that, that organization. And it's the likes of Nicola Sturgeon and Angus Robertson and Tommy Shepard and the rest of these people who have driven me to this. And congratulations, you complete and utter scumbags. You know, you are scum. And as Oliver Cromwell said, you are truly elected scum at that. You've taken... I mean, we haven't even... You know, we haven't even yet got independence from the UK and Nicola Sturgeon is busy pimping out uh, sovereignty to the EU. She's absolutely determined to do it um, for regions best known to herself. Um, it, does, it doesn't even seem to make sense to me. because It makes if, no sense. If the argument was to, to try and um, keep sort of fairly socialist po um, policies, then surely that would still be the case if it was only Scotland voting, ra yeah. rather than it being anything to do with the EU. So I don't get why they would want to attach themselves to the EU. Like, I, I, it's, it's bizarre. Well, they perceive it to be in their interests. I suppose they must. Fine. You know, and, and this is, by the way, this is not, every time I mention this to somebody who is in the SNP, they start giving me all these good sounding reasons for joining the EU, they start chuntering on about employment, they start chuntering on about economics. None of that is actually fucking relevant, okay? You asked me if I wanted independence. I said yes. There was nothing on that ballot paper about the EU or becoming a member of the EU or staying a member of the EU. It was about independence. Now you may think that being a member of the EU is a good thing and it makes economic sense. Okay, you might even be right. I doubt it, but you may be right. But it's not in any stretch of a retarded baboon's imagination could you possibly call that independence. Stop fucking calling it independence because it's not. You're simply a party that believes in a power transfer from Westminster to Brussels, and I won't stand for it. So you're not getting a yes vote off of me. Well, that, that's the case. You're right, because if, if they um, do a second Scottish independence referendum and they overwhelmingly get a yes vote, yeah. they are undoubtedly going to see that they as will a use mandate that as a mandate. Back they will the deceitfully use that as a mandate. You know, they say, yeah. well, the Scottish people didn't vote uh, for Brexit. The, you set it up that way. You actually set it up so that for anybody who actually believed in independence, and I'm sure there's plenty of them left in the SNP, and it fucks me off. Why are you silent? Except for certain brave people like Jim Fairley, uh, um, uh, you know, Jim Sellers, you know, the odd person in the SNP who've actually spoken out. Where are the rest of you? You've been told to button it and you're sitting there like good little boys and girls and you're saying nothing. It's time to make your voice heard. I know you exist in the SNP. I know you believe in independence. Why are you allowing Sturgeon 
and Cunningham and all these rats to set the agenda and sell your sovereignty. Whatever happened to the, the you know the uh, the Declaration of Our Broth? You used to quote that all the time. As long as a hundred of us remain alive, we will never submit to the dominion of the English. You know, it is not for riches, but for freedom alone, which for no man gives up, no good man gives up, but with his life. Whatever happened to that? You know, I I marched for independence. I was a member of the SNP at one time, and it fucks me off. And I want to I want to. I wanna, Put a big shout out here to somebody who was at that time on the right of the party, a guy called Ian Lawson, who's now, I believe, uh, an ambassador for Scotland to Estonia. Um, and he used to run a pest control business. And I don't know if he still does that in between doing his job in Estonia. But if he's still got his pest control business, then he's his, his services are greatly needed in the SNP because the SNP is full of big, fat, slimy socialist rats who deserted the stinking, sinking hulk that is the Scottish Labour Party and they infest the SNP. The stench of them, you can smell it off the SNP. People like Tommy Shepherd, who for years derided independence and had nothing but derision for the SNP are now members. God Almighty, they were even considering making this man their deputy leader. He is still derisive of independence. He's still derogatory about independence. Don't you see what's happening here? Independence is no longer an issue. They have sold the farm. They just haven't got round to telling you poor fuckers who are still in the SNP, still thinking that it's about independence. It's not. Wake the fuck up. Nicola Sturgeon and her cohorts are a bigger threat to the sovereignty of this nation than the quizzling scum who signed the Treaty of the Union in 1707. They're not only traitors to Scotland, they're traitors to every individual because they have betrayed the idea of sovereignty. And they stink. And they have to go. And you will not get a yes vote from me until you make it absolutely plain that this is about independence and no further. I have no interest of being booted up the arse by the French and the Germans any more than being booted up the arse by Westminster. Okay, so start waking up the fuck up. Now, I'm leader of the Scottish Libertarian Party. The Libertarian Party believe in independence. Unfortunately, the SNP don't believe in independence. Now, anybody within the, the, the Scottish Libertarian Party has got a free vote. Of course they do. If they want to vote yes, absolutely, go ahead. Um, but I can't. It pains me to say it, but I can no longer, I can't, I can't abide this any longer and I will not be voting yes. I haven't, I haven't decided whether I'm going to abstain, but if it looks like it's a close call, which it probably would be, then I'm going to have to vote no. And I think that's the patriotic choice. I mean, I think it's clear from that that this should have been introduced as what's been boiling your piss. It's really, it's been boiling my piss for a long time and it's, it, it, it really, it, it, as you can see, I'm agitated. It so, really is. So, so what would the solution be? Um, do, you, do you think that the question should be changed to include four options? Well, yeah, I mean, the, if, if on the ballot paper they put, you know, do you believe, uh, do you think Scotland should be an independent country? 
Or do you think Scotland should be an... In, uh, no, well, it can't be an independent country within the EU because there's no such thing. Do you think Scotland should be a member of the EU? That should be the other question. Right. Uh, if there's a separate question on the ballot, then I'll vote yes for independence. But other than that, there's no fucking way because they will use that deceitfully as a mandate uh, to take to take me into Europe. We were, you know, I, I I was breathing a sigh of relief. Don't get me wrong; these fuckers, uh, the the Supreme Court in uh, the UK, have decided that this has to go through Parliament. So there is, we're, even Britain is not out the woods here with this one. Um, but regardless, if there's any danger whatsoever that Sturgeon and her confederates will, will either keep us in the EU or take us back into the EU based on that yes vote, you know, swivel. It's just not going to happen. Well, with that in mind, I think it's a good uh, segue. You okay. remind me of Tom Hardy with your Bronson-like rant there. <laughs> and your, your anger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think he'd grown a Bronson-esque uh, moustache, uh -huh. actually. But... Um, so uh, you wanted to talk about uh, Tom Hardy's yeah, for, for those vanity of you, project. His vanity project as well. It's a, sometimes, he, I mean, I'm not an against vanity projects per se, as long as it doesn't involve public money. Um, I should say, I haven't seen it myself. What's it called? It's called Taboo. Um, and BBC show. It's on BBC. TV. It's still an iPlayer. It's about three episodes in now. It's a slow starter, slow burner, but it's starting to heat up. I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Um, now, the show is called Taboo, and it's certainly, I don't know whether they're deliberately trying to break taboos, but the, the, they've already used the word nigger in there twice. Yep. Um, they've used the word cunt <laughs> in there in the last episode. On a BBC show? On a BBC show, yeah. Uh, Primetime viewing BBC show. Uh, that's they, not, that's not, losing numbers? That, that's, <laughs> that's not just the reason to watch it, but I think, you know, that sounds like the, HBO's the, Yeah, the show actually involves... You know, there's a taboo behind it. Okay, let's start at the, the, the basics here. Tom Hardy plays a character called uh, James Delaney who returns Lazarus-like, uh, apparently from the grave. He was thought to be dead and he turns up at his late father's funeral um, to claim a legacy that involves um, a strip of land in the west coast of Africa that was left to him by his father. Oh, cool. And this land is a bone of contention between, it's politically sensitive, there are three interest groups who want this piece of land. Right. The newly formed uh, republic in America are interested in it, the crown are interested in it, and the British East India Company, company. Are, inter are interested in it. Now, it's like, the the British East India Company in this program are are like you know they they are the Borg they're pretty much evil you know so it's if you're anti corporatist you know it's probably for you but what the show kind of also makes clear is because everybody says this when you're a libertarian you go well look you know won't corporations rule look at the British East India Company and you go well yeah actually well that's a good case in point but the British East India Company had a royal charter. Was it not essentially protected by... They were protected by the Crown yeah. and they were given a monopoly by the Crown. So the state had to get involved in order to create that and, and, and protect it from competition. And this, this series has got... Now, whether or not it, it develops into uh, a great, a truly great show, I don't know. All I can say is I'm thoroughly enjoying it so far. 
and uh, I recommend it, so check it out in iPlayer. So that's my plug. And I'm a big fan of, of Tom Hardy's. He ploughed about two million quid of his own money into this thing, and apparently it's just gone right down the stank. Uh, but so it's pri privately funded, says taboo um, things in it, so freedom of speech-wise, it's interesting. Yeah, freedom and of speech thing. Economics-wise, yeah. historically yeah. interesting. It doesn't seem, uh, and there's a bit of, uh, there's a hint of incest in there as well, you know. It's got it all, really. You know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, I know that's why I watch it, but uh, yeah. Well, speaking of uh, incest, um, Trump is uh, inauguration, and of course I'm referring to his, his love of his own daughter. Right, okay. Um, <laughs> you, heard, you heard it here first, people. Like, okay. Groundbreaking right. show. You definitely that. did. You definitely heard it on CNN first. But, All right, um, okay. So there, there's a couple of things I wanted to mention about um, the, the um, inauguration, or rather what Trump's done since the inauguration. So there have been five executive orders so far, and debatably libertarian executive orders. So the first one is there, he signed an order to begin... Sorry, how many, how, many is, how many has he signed so far? Uh, five, I believe. God almighty, he's, he's off to a roaring start. Yeah, right? yeah, right. He's, he's battering in there with the executive orders. So the first one um, is beginning to back out of the TPP, that's the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Okay. Is that a good thing? Uh, undoubtedly. Uh, for me, I, I mean, he said an interesting thing. He said he's a one-in-one -one guy and these trade deals should be done one-in-one. I agree, one in one by individuals, individuals and companies. Not the government has no business setting up trade deals whatsoever. Right. So again, uh, I kind of agree in principle. Yeah, it should be one in one, but one in one between individuals. If you sell haggis, somebody in China wants to buy your haggis. They have money. You have haggis. You do the deal. It's done. Where the government gets involved in that or has to get involved in that. Other than to wet its beak uh, by you know by taxing you, I have no fucking idea. You know all this idea. Same with people that want to uh, that want to remain in Europe. Oh, but the trade. If you want to trade with people, just fucking trade. Yeah. You, know, you don't want tariffs. Take them down. You want open borders? Phone the guy in the border post and tell him not to come. He's working Monday. Well, you don't need to be part of the European Union to do that. I, you know? I, I agree, but devil's advocate wise. Okay. Um, so why, why would you have a problem with uh, individuals trading between uh, countries, trade deficits, or rather, so like too many people in one uh, sort of um, country buying too much from another country um, with respect to the other country, and currency manipulation within those governments. So because you have varying degrees of socialism in each country, yeah. you'll have problems in terms of if you try and do a free market. Yeah. Where China's um, printing shed loads of money, yeah. and you're like, oh fuck. Well, that means that people are buying stuff from China way more because, relatively speaking, their stuff is cheap. And then you get massive, massive problems where everyone in the manufacturing industries loses jobs. So I do get why you would need to manipulate trade if you manipulate currency. So yeah, well, you, just stop you manipulating currency. Exactly, it's an argument for <laughs> yeah, stopping. Yeah. To, so uh, yeah. you have to do the trade deals. I Go think, the whole hog if you manipulate yeah. your own currency and if others manipulate their own currency. Yeah, absolutely. So let's go the whole hog here. Stop, so, stop manipulating the currency. And I, yeah. uh, why should, you know, as Mr. Mr. Samarov uh, is, you know, very want and fond to point out, you know, why should poor people in rich countries be denied cheap available goods from overseas, you know? I mean, I used to be very protectionist, you know? Uh, it was like, yeah, you know, buy local. Okay. Um... Until I realised, well, hang on a minute, all I'm doing is, well, yeah, by all means, buy local. If he's cheap and he's efficient, buy local. 
if he's not, <laughs> why are you subsidising inefficiency and uh, you know and overpricing by buying from a guy when you can buy from somebody else who does it better? You know, so um, it, it encourages or, him to up his need, game. Or who needs the business more? Yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah. like the, the guy down your local shop might not need as much business as the guy who's selling it for much lower. Yeah, as defined by how cheap yeah. they're, they're willing to sell it. So. And it, and it's inhuman to deny me the opportunity to buy cheap goods from someone in Africa who needs my money. You yeah, know? I suppose it's more inhuman to not allow them to sell it to you when you'd yeah absolutely you'd the price and they would get to live longer because yeah. they're getting more of an income or whatnot. So, but we, we, we kind of drift somewhat to a slight tangent there. But it yeah, is. I think it's uh, I think it's a good thing. He's certainly not fucking around. Uh, he this was an, ele- an election uh, pledge. Sorry, I'm fucking about with my microphone there. Um, this was an election pledge on behalf of uh, Donald Trump, and he's he hasn't wasted any time. You know, he is he has tore this deal up for arse paper <laughs> and wiped his arse on it. And uh, and in terms of currency manipulation wise. Um, I've heard, albeit from sort of Infowars sort of regions, that there's potential for him um, getting someone in the Fed or so, someone to do with the Treasury, right. his Treasury, that is anti-Fed and wants a gold standard again. Right. So if countries were to go on to a gold standard again, then we would actually potentially have free trade globally yeah. without all that currency manipulation. I mean, this is all, <laughs> this is all good. Hypothetical. Hypothetical. Uh, I reckon the CIA are going to shoot him stone dead. Like you know, I think that's what's going to happen because uh, if he does, if he starts going down that road, I mean, he's already pissed them off. Well, you look, you look before and after the inauguration. Before he's like, the CIA are just terrible people, and then yeah. afterwards he's like, hey, you guys are doing the best job ever. This you is know? true, but the, the, I don't know if you've read this, but um, apparently he takes um, in South Africa they're called Mbongis, right? And Mbongis a praise singer, right? Who runs in front of the the leader, the chief, or whatever, singing the praises of the chief, right? Okay. So apparently uh, Donald Trump went to the CIA meeting with an entourage of about forty people, who kind of applauded everything he said. Like apparently oh, really? the CIA dudes were like, you know. Uh, we're not really digging this, oh, but everything. So it wasn't the CIA applauding. It was uh, you know, too busy in another room plotting his, plotting his assassination. You know, he's going to go for a, a ride down Sniper Alley in an open dock car any of these days. Uh, but yeah, it wasn't them applauding. It was these forty dudes or girls as well that he brings with them to to do the to the applauding. And st- Going, oh, we're all right, you know, woo, yeah. Well, he knows his PR, that's he, for sure. He right? does, like, yeah. So the second executive order that I've got on my list here is, um, so the sort of uh, Obamacare repeal, kind of. So right. um, the executive order is to waive, defer, grant exemptions for, or delay implementation of any provision or requirement that okay. comes as a result of Obamacare. So basically, slow things down and don't um, don't allow Obamacare to screw don't anyone over. Don't expedite it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and well, th- I mean, the Senate, or Congress, or it, yeah, could still throw a span on the works here because everybody—well, not everybody—forgets. I mean, pe- most people are aware of it, but you kind of get caught up in the hype of Donald Trump, and you forget he has. Although it's a, a Republican-led House, yeah. uh, lots of those Republicans can't stand Donald Trump, right? And, and you know, they may just throw a span on the works. Just for the sake, I'd like to think not, but it, it could happen, you know. So he could face a lot of opposition, but it's, it, yeah, yeah, it's not going to be plain sailing for him. No, I don't think so. No. 
Um, one more would be uh, Mexico City policy, which is a Reagan policy, apparently. Um, I'd, I'd never heard of it before, but apparently it's to stop the federal funding of organizations which perform abortions or lobby for or promote uh, pro-choice uh, agendas. Okay. Uh, so presumably Mexico City, I don't know, was, was it the case that people from America were... were so the, the federal government were giving money to Mexico City, which was then aborting babies there, or...? Right, okay, I've got to be honest, I'm not too familiar. I've heard something about this. Um, the only thing I would say on it is if it's to do with stopping federal funding for abortion, then I'm in favour of it because... Me too, I think. Um, it's not something that should be funded by government. Uh, you can be pro-choice if you like, Um yeah, the, the, the classic dilemma for libertarians, I suppose. Well, is it a dilemma or a quandary? I think a dilemma is a, a, equally, a choice between two equally two, bad things yeah. and like a quandary. I don't know. But whatever it is, there's, <laughs> there's some kind of thing going on there. Uh, the freedom most, to do whatever you want with your own body, but... Yeah, well, it's, 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 the, it's the right to choose versus right to life. Right. Like, right. So, and... I believe in right to life as most libertarians do so somehow you've got to square that circle with right to life and right to choose and then most libertarians square it by saying well it's not a life it's not a human life until a up point. to a certain point and I can't really pers and I'm speaking personally here I can't really get on board with that because um, one okay first of all start from the beginning is it a life undoubtedly is it a human life well if it's not what other conceivable form of life could it be and so therefore at what point does it become a human life and where does it get where does it have rights so the the way around this for me is just to say well okay let's get government the fuck out of it and let people make their own choices but you don't get government funding to do it if you're a private organization and you want to fund abortions go ahead if you're a private organization and you want to buy a fetus or pay a woman not to have a termination then, then go ahead and do that. Um, right. But it's not something that should be funded by the. Uh, so if 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 that that's my understanding of it, you know, if I've got this completely wrong, uh, if somebody wants to educate me on it, by all means, uh, do so. But it seems to me that yeah, federal funding uh, for allowing people to go and and, and do that. No, I it, I think it should be. So yeah, stopped, yeah. I, th I think it sits in line with libertarian principles. To I think degree. it does. If anything, less, if, less yeah. money being spent by government. Well, yeah, good. less money spent by government is always good, especially yeah. murdering murdering fetuses. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Controversial, but so, uh, yeah, I, I, I guess so. Yeah, I, I wouldn't necessarily personally disagree with that, but there are people in the movement, and the, the party does not have an official line on it. Yeah. Right. Um, so, higher freezing is is another executive order's uh, sign. So, he's stop the expansion of government by hiring new people, excluding military. Okay. So, if they need to, presumably, this is so that they can replace people who die in during warfare. I yeah, I guess that's the thought. I guess that's the thought behind it. Um, but also, I mean, there's an attrition rate in terms of people leave the the, the military. You know, some, ah. after their you know five years, ten years, whatever. So there's all there's always they people need, getting they out of fresh, there, fresh and, meat and they, need, they, they need fresh meat in there probably. So that's probably why it's exempt. Um, and I, I don't know how. I don't know how that's going to be achievable. Oh, if he's going to cut back government, then I guess it could be achievable. But I mean, he's... It kind of forces it in an awkward way. My only um, source of uh, knowledge on this, um, if you can call it that, 
comes from watching West Wing. I'm sure they yeah. did that in West Wing at, at some point, the TV yeah. show. Uh, and just it was just awful because they just couldn't hire people that they needed. And so they became completely inefficient. And yeah. no no one got fired from that point on because they just got sort of shifted around to do other yeah, jobs. Yeah, this is, this is the problem I, I foresee with this. I mean, especially because he's coming in there. There's going to be a lot of people uh, left over from the Obama administration who are just not going to be that uh, hot for Donald Trump's policies. And drag their heels. They're going to drag their heels. So I mean, the only way you can get your people in there is to bring new staff in. So yeah, that's a strange that one. But you know, more power. If, if, if it, again, if it cuts spending, good. Whether it will or not remains to be seen. Yeah. Yes, I think it will keep. Uh, it'll stop them from spending more, but yeah. it might not get them uh, as much usefulness out of the people that are there because they'll be reluctant to fire people yeah. because they can't rehire people to replace them, I guess. I assume that's how it works. Um, the last last thing on the list is um, the Keystone XL pipeline, the Dakota Access pipeline. Um, basically, signed an executive order to ensure that they go ahead and to ensure that in future, environmental considerations are... Um, Ex expedited is that the word? Yeah, that's that word um, again. Yeah. Uh, so it's speeding up the process so that they basically go through. So I remember hearing about uh, Trump early on in the race and the fact that he was in favor of eminent domain. So I don't know if that is something to do with that, but basically he's in favor of forcing. Okay, forcing so em, 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 eminent domain is a, is an American term, I think, uh, in the UK they call compulsory purchase. Compulsory yeah. purchase, like what happened up in Aberdeenshire for the uh, peripheral route, yeah. uh, the peripheral bypass. Um, uh, and Donald Trump was kind of in the news because of that, because his golf course was at the end of where the ah, bypass is going to. Right, okay. And so he was in favor of it going through because it would get traffic to his hotel and golf course. Okay, so as libertarians, we are again uh, eminent domain and compulsory purchase. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't yeah. think that's a good thing. Oh, it's, it's my, my granddad was screwed over by that. He yeah, was well, shoved out of his home that he built, you know, and they forcibly bought it from him, and now they're plowing a road 100 meters away from his new house. Scum, it's, man, scum. It uh, sucks for individuals. It does, and it's kind of close to me, it's close to home for me as well, because uh, when I was a kid, my, uh, my parents got their flat uh, compulsory purchased, you know, by local government. Was that uh, for the MA? Uh, it wasn't for them. It, it was. Uh, they said they were going to. I can't remember what they said they were going to build. We're going to build a housing area there or something. Right. John, you know I can't really remember what they said they were going to build there. But who cares? You know, they, they bought my mum and dad's. They compulsively purchased my mum and dad's flat, and then actually they done jack shit with it. I think they, they built an office on it. <laughs> Because that's what we really needed. Right. Uh, was more offices. Um, was that part of Glasgow's redevelopment? Well, it was Lanarkshire, right? you know. So oh, see, yeah, right. it was. Well, it would probably now be North Lanarkshire, South Lanarkshire, probably in the border there. Uh, but it was, in, it was in Belsall, sort of more saying Motherwell kind of area. I don't and, know how uh, offensive that is because I don't know how old you are and I don't know when that was. So it could be well, this was far. this was way back. This was in this. This was in the seventies, early seventies. Right. Yeah. So uh, yeah, um, yeah, compulsive purchase. It's it's probably. How would you solve that problem um, with uh, respect to private property rights? Uh, uh, you need a, you need some sort of well, you need some sort of big route to help uh, develop um, 
commerce between big cities, right. say it's a train line that needs to go through or something like that, or a big motorway or something, how do you get around that if someone doesn't want to see Well, you get around it. You know, you, um, if they you literally go around it. You literally go around it. But I mean, okay, what do you do? Well, you either, you either go under or over. You know, um, I mean, how far down does somebody's property extend? Well, good question. Yeah, does it go up infinitely? Yeah, or you can kind of plane not fly across or can a satellite not pass over, you yeah. know, your, your pro- I think uh, Walter Block does some stuff on this uh, on this conundrum. Um, Switzerland would certainly choose to go under, I think. They tunnel right. through everything, pretty much. Right, okay. Uh, but they've got bag loads of ca- bags loads of cash to do that sort of thing. Presumably yeah. it's preventatively expensive, but then that's the whole point of a private market. If it's yeah. too expensive, don't well, do it. Go yeah. somewhere else. Well, you know what happens? I mean, occasionally they do something like this. They build a bridge or they build a road because it interconnects these two cities. <laughs> you know, uh, it's like um, Bastiat's uh, bridge thing. You know, uh, Bastiat uh, talks about, you know, they decide that they're going to build a bridge uh, across, let's say it's across the fourth, build a new bridge. And... So they plow millions and millions of pounds of public money into building this bridge because you know it's, it's it helps communications and it you know, opens up a new market. Then suddenly the the, the businesses in Edinburgh realise that it's just a skip over to Fife, where uh, suddenly the housing market's cheaper over there and goods and products are cheaper over there. So everybody's going over there to buy their goods and products and the the. Businesses, the local, are, are, the local businesses are suffering. So they go to government and say, "We want you to put tariffs on these things coming from over the bridge yeah. because it's really affecting our business." So you get to the situation where it wasn't fucking worth building the, the the fucking thing in the first place. You know, so half of these things aren't really needed. If they're really needed, the market will do it. You know, you can you don't have to compulsory purchase. If you pay enough, I guess people will give it up. If they don't, if they're like that guy in uh, Local Hero, you know the movie, the beachcomber who just doesn't want to move, and that's there's an end of it. Well, fine, he's, he's got a right to do that, you know. What, what, what one guy's holding up progress? Well, yeah, you know, uh, I don't believe that's true that he's holding up progress. Uh, property rights, man, property rights and individual rights. Absolutely. And Otherwise, it move, sounds like utilitarianism, right? Where yeah, it's just so, like. Yeah, yeah. Who, it, just because nine people out of ten are happier if if we plow through this house, yeah, it doesn't mean you disregard this person. I mean, they could have had generations of family live there, and yeah, it's such a shame to just destroy something. Yeah, it's a, it's a total utilitarian argument, so, argument, and I reject it as a libertarian. So. so that fifth one, yeah, not so much in favor. Of, I, I no. mean, in favor of pipelines in general because that's. I think probably a good thing. They serve a purpose, yeah. but not forcing them through. Well, they, they, they serve a purpose at the moment, but while it's easy to to pump... Well, what's this pipeline for? Oil? Um, oil and gas, I think. Oil and gas. So while it's easy to, uh, uh, to pump oil and gas around the place, it doesn't really give us an incentive to look for something cheaper and better, does it? True. <laughs> you know, right? True. So, uh, you know, so a lot of these things... While they, in the short term, seem to to be to be good, it may be preventing us from 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 turning to a product that was like even cheaper, that's even cheaper and even better fusion. without yeah achieving yeah, absolutely achieving fusion. Yeah. You should spend so, the pipeline money on on fusion. Yeah, spend uh, the pipeline money on, like on an alternative. In, in France, yeah. we should do a thing on fusion in the future. We should do a thing on fusion actually. Yeah. 
Um, so uh, talking about large we're talking um, about nuclear fusion not sort of like Chinese and Indian food and things like that <laughs> nuclear fusion like that in, in the sun and speaking of other large orbs right. uh, obesity is an increasing oh. problem <laughs> okay. uh, in Scotland nice segue right, okay, yeah. <laughs> um, so, it, so there's a couple of ways that um, the Scottish government intends to uh, reduce obesity in Scotland because yeah. it's an well, this was an epidemic yeah uh, it's it's an epidemic and it's endemic apparently you know if you if you listen to the the doomsters uh, uh, Hollywood this is from the I today's I newspaper and it says uh, um, in the health section it says um, Hollywood considers quote unpopular unquote policies to control obesity. Uh, I would Scotland, imagine it's the obese people that that's consider it unpopular. <laughs> yeah, possibly. No, I mean I, I can. I'm, it's unpopular with me because it involves government forcing people to make choices that they wouldn't necessarily otherwise make. Mm. Uh, Scotland may have to force through policies which will be unpopular. Well, do you know what? The SNP are just a dab hand at forcing through policies that are unpopular. You know, nobody likes an in-person legislation. Tough. You're going to get it because nanny knows best. Okay. Um, th there's also, you know, the SNP are brilliant at that. So, so why not? The, so the weird thing for me was the, some of the proposals. Yeah. So I, I think if I remember correctly, one was increasing parking. Yeah, they're fees going to increase in parking city. fees in the city. I suppose the I suppose the. Uh, What's the logic there? The logic there is that it will uh, deter fatties from driving right into McDonald's, right, or, or <laughs> driving right into. I don't know, like HMV, and they don't exist anymore, do they? Like, whatever, whatever shop, you name the shop, you know, driving right through the door in their car because they're too lazy, you know, <laughs> and then reversing out again, uh, like a smash and grab without the smash. But uh, so presumably they would. Uh, yeah, I guess they yeah, would walk in. Yeah, well, this is the thing; they're going to walk more instead of. Uh, but you know, they'll, they'll, I think they'll just take the bus, or if they're going to, as another one of these proposals is, they're going to pedestrianise huge areas of, uh, of precincts of the city centre. Yeah, great. All you're going to get is uh, obese people flying up and down on mobility scooters, <laughs> like you know, frightening the kids and running over people's dogs. You know, so um, I, I really don't think that this is going to be a long-term solution. And what's the other one? Um, it's going to hit people in their pockets. Uh, London-style congestion charge is another one. Uh, Again, to just stop people driving into the centre. I mean, so got, they really think that like the car is the problem. With well, the I've got I've got no objection to like you know private property. You know, people having congestion charges and say you want to park outside my house, I charge you a congestion charge. You know, <laughs> I have no I have no problem with that. But government doing it is a, is another problem. And one of the last things that they're going to do is it says. Uh, Although not all powers around advertising have been devolved to Scotland, um, the MSP say Holyrood Minister should also introduce new regulatory measures clamping down on junk food advertising, especially adverts aimed at children. Junk food advertising. Yeah. Okay, okay. Right, this, so this reminds me of but some what, arguments mean, I've heard from, yeah. from, from the left, let's say. Yeah. So somehow corporations that advertise control the decisions of the population yeah like like hypnosis so it's hypnotizing yeah. children into becoming through obese. subliminal advertising and Sublim well, subliminal messaging subliminal messaging and overt messaging just saying like buy, buy our burgers fatty they're delicious <laughs> right yeah yeah right 
and your kids will love them and you know so like stuff like what McDonald's so McDonald's um, other fast food restaurants of course are available do you know um, what but say McDonald's have these like happy meals and they're yeah. like glorifying like yay have a salad no yeah. one buys a salad at McDonald's come on yeah I guess I mean do you know what I, I don't watch a lot of adverts it's true I don't watch TV I don't watch it I try to get to the cinema and uh, just in time and not see any adverts um, because they are fucking annoying in the extreme I mean if I hear another advert with a fucking ukulele or a fucking glockenspiel on it <laughs> I swear I'm going to go mad with an AK-47 and kill everybody right it's it's brutal like you know just stop it like, I get and it this you know. episode has now been flagged by GCH. yeah probably right you know so I, I hate adverts and, and I'd always you know, if, when I did have a television, you know, I would just guess what. You know, it was an old thing. My, my dad used to do because I'd be complaining about something. The time my dad used to go, "Do you know what, son? There's a magic button at the side of this telly, and you just do that, and it turns off." You know, and that is uh, that is a pearl of wisdom there from old man. It does just turn the frigging thing off. What your children watch and are influenced by is entirely up to you, and if these corporations are so good at subliminal advertising and shaping your opinion how does the Labour Party how does so, do socialist parties ever get into power anyway because the corporations would just be pumping out adverts saying you know uh, don't vote socialist don't vote so it would be, it'd be subliminal in the have, background have a Big Mac and vote Tory yeah <laughs> yeah, have a big bank Mac and vote Trump. I mean, maybe that's what's happened. I don't think so. How come then it didn't work? All those women on that march on Washington, all those people protesting, all the bulk of the population apparently, you know, the, you got, the, the popular vote didn't go Trump's way. How come those people didn't buy into that if the corporations are so good at convincing people to do things uh, through advertising? Uh, Come on, come on, stop! So this, this is not this stuff got. I thought this stuff got nailed to the floor in like the eighties and nineties when the whole satanic subliminal message thing, backward masking, was supposed to be on on records, you yeah. know. And like Dave Mustaine of Negadeth was a guy who nailed it and went, look, you know, if I was going to put a subliminal message, or it could have been Aussie. Oh, if you play the record backwards. Yeah, if you play the record. Well, there was the play the record backwards thing, the backward masking, you know. Uh, okay. And it was a different message. Is like you know, I love Satan. I love Satan. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah. And as Bill Hicks is immortalized, you know, if you ruin your fucking needle by looking for Satan, you're wasting your time because you are Satan, right? If you're fucking ruined a, a, a decent record <laughs> by doing that. Um, but it was, it was either Ozzy Osbourne or Dave Mustaine, I think possibly Mustaine, who said, "Look, if I was going to put subliminal message on my fucking albums, it would be buy, buy more albums, albums. Buy, buy more albums." albums. Right, it'd be that simple. Uh, so, which it, is it, exactly what music does, right? Yeah. it's supposed to stimulate as much of your brain yeah, as yeah. possible so that you buy more of it. No, there's no, there's absolutely no doubt. If adverts didn't affect purchasing and if they didn't affect people's decisions, then people wouldn't spend, spend millions money on, on them, right? So they do. Uh, without a doubt, influence people. But do you know what? Develop a fucking brain. You know, develop a, 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 an attitude of being sceptical, you know, and don't believe everything that you, you, you get in adverts and teach your kids to do the same. You know, it's your responsibility, not the government's. And yeah. as soon as you start uh, to let the government decide what you can eat, what you can watch on the TV, uh, what you can listen to, then you're fucked. You know, the, the, the road, that is a road 
to which leads only to darkness, you know, and yeah, uh, you, you've got to you've got to be able to yeah t- teach your kids um, and be aware yourself of yeah um, the fact that advertising is trying to encourage you to buy something yeah right that's why adverts have to say that they are adverts right yeah. but like generally speaking you should be able to discern when you're being sold to yeah um, I mean I, I can discern all the time you, you're I mean the agitprop that's involved in most movies these days is, you know, not so covertly feminist, not so covertly fucking socialist, not so covertly collectivist, you know. Most movies, uh, plays, most of the arts are, const- you know, constantly bombarding you with, uh, you know, a, a culturally Marxist message. True. I don't buy it, you know, and, I, and I'm aware of it. I can, you know, it's, I'm immediately aware of it. Yeah, and if you, uh, if you... Except that you can ex- extrapolate that to everything you say and do is advertising your particular world for you. Like what we're doing right now. Yeah, absolutely. We're advertising and totally. advocating for our mindsets kind yeah. of thing, trying to change minds and get people on board with the ideas we have. And just as everyone else in the And world you don't is. have to watch it. You might have even switched off already. <laughs> I don't know. Talking to myself as usual. Um, so yeah, so... Hollywood can can go fuck itself, um, and you know to seg from Hollywood being able to tell if, us if, what to eat. If you want, if you genuinely want people to not be obese, then yeah. I, I I think I think you need to stop people. So I I think obesity stems from lots of things, but one of the things in particular I think is people trying to control the the serotonin in their brain by eating sugary foods. Yeah. Uh, sugary and fatty foods make you feel good in your yeah. brain. They release is, yeah. um, all sorts of dopamine yeah. and serotonin kind of thing. Um, so it's because people are absolutely miserable that they use food as a coping mechanism. Yeah. And that's when you start to get a population that's obese is when everyone's miserable. So if you want to pe- stop people being miserable and to actually have to pay for the consequences of being yeah. obese, yeah. i.e., having a, a private healthcare system rather than socializing that cost yeah. of being obese, then you might actually get um, a population that is less obese. Well, this is true, you know. Um, but I mean, I have a problem with the term obese for a start because... You can just redefine it, right? You can totally redefine it. Uh, I remember the famous incident was about, you know, maybe 10 years ago where uh, the the England rugby team were classified as obese. Clinically obese. Clinically obese. All of them. Yeah, all of them, right? You know, it's just it's utter fucking laggards. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's nonsensical. So, yeah, there are... I mean, okay, there's concerns. There's people who, who will say, you know, well, look, uh, there's so much more sugar in food now than there ever was. Now, I don't know whether that's true. Maybe it's the case. Well, then you just have to be aware of that. And, right. you know... You know, there's not. It's not hard. There are some people, I suppose, who are predisposed um, to put on weight. There are some people who have thyroid problems, but there are some people who just eat. And like you say, there are there. There's all sorts of underlying psychological conditions behind that. Yeah. It's not the food itself. Um, and if they if they want to eat crap, they'll find a, a way of, of doing it. You know, yeah. so. Yeah, it's not for the government to decide who does and who, who doesn't want to eat. But if you do eat yourself into a 26 stone, you know, 26 stone isn't that bad. Some of these people are 30 stone plus. 
Um, well, guess what? You're going to have to deal with that and your family's going to have to deal with that because you should not be entitled to a bariatric bed worth 35 grand. You know, mm. uh, you should not be entitled to round-the-clock care from government-paid-for care workers. Um, On the other hand, while your family continue to feed you two-liter bottles of Coca-Cola and yeah. you know uh, and KFC chicken drumsticks, you know this is this is a thing. You know, it's not get a crane lifted in and out of bed. Th- yeah, all that, all that kind of stuff. You know, uh, and it's. On the other hand, I was going to say, yeah. if you want to do that and you love being obese and you love eating to the extent that you're happy to pay for that bed. The crane, and you're happy to pay for, um, and you and you're happy, of, and your family are happy to look after you. Not yourself. Go out. for it. Go absolutely go for yeah. it. You know, uh, why not? I mean, I like drinking, uh, and I have no intention of uh, of stopping. You know, um, so so there you go. And most people who smoke smoke. Guess why? Because they enjoy smoking. You know, deal with it. Uh, they've tried all this kind of thing with smoking in the past Uh, all the advertising all the education all paid for by government I mean we've got packets of cigarettes with like graphic pictures of people's lungs hanging out I mean the next step will be one of those little microchips that you get and you know that you get a Christmas card and you open it up and it plays fucking jingle bells or you'll open up your packet of fags and all of a sudden all you hear is oh my god (laughs) Jesus oh the pain the agony oh I'm dying you'll get all that right? or you just open it and it it just goes (laughs) (laughs) or just there'll be somebody screaming in blood curdling (laughs) agony as you open it and it won't matter a job because people will still do it. You cannot claim that doctors and nurses are uneducated people, yet a very high proportion of doctors and nurses smoke. smoke. Right, you know. So uh yeah. If people have a choice, then they'll they'll use it. And all of these regulations against well, I have some um, experience in the industry, uh, right. although you can't market for them, you can do internal stuff. Um so there's there's so many laws. Right, and so many regulations that you're talking about. And all that does is ensure that a very small number of huge lobbying companies get all of the business. Absolutely. If you can't advertise, how are you supposed to start a tobacco company at this stage when yeah. there are conglomerates globally that just basically own it all? Yep. You've got no chance. And that's what it's about. It's, it's about yeah, corporatism, yeah. protectionists. Of course and, it is. Um, how are you meant to, if you discover a, a, a way of making cigarettes that are less harmful, you know, up to 30% less harmful, you can't even advertise that because of the idiotic legislation, you yep. know. Um, and this is the same government who makes legislation, you know, the UK government makes legislation, and yet the NHS, a government-funded organisation, has jumped into bed with one of the largest tobacco companies in the world for the purpose of making e-cigarettes. If you think e-cigarettes are the way to go, and I'm not so sure they are, but if you think it is... I like to call them douche flutes. Yeah, (laughs) douche flutes, I like that, yeah. Um, Yeah, if you want to do douche flutes, uh, do them, and maybe maybe if if they want to pay, if they want to fund people weaning themselves off cigarettes by doing that, then give them vouchers and let them buy their own e-cigarettes wherever they can buy them cheaply. Why help out an international conglomerate by giving them the exclusive right to to sell these cigarette these e-cigarettes well, to the NHS? Pre- presumably to get elected. Yeah, probably. Or to to stay re-elected or what? Yeah. So um, so, so we'll finish now quickly on that. Yeah. Uh, with uh, another thing to do, another Scottish uh, Scottish. Um, Article here from oh, yes. again from the eye. 
Scrap election payouts for council chiefs say MSPs. Now this is uh, this is probably the pot calling the kettle black, you know, because I don't know how much money MSPs are on, but they've decided that local government is getting uh, uh, far too much money. Well, not all people in local government. Let me read you. Uh, Huge extra payments to chief executives of Scottish councils for organising elections and referendums should be scrapped. The committee of MSPs had said the system which rewards council chiefs for acting as returning officers is fueling public mistrust. Uh, Hollywood's local government committee says in a report published today, some of them can get tens of thousands of pounds a year on top of their salaries. And as an example, they give you um, Anne-Marie O'Donnell, Chief Executive of Glasgow Council, salary £160,000 a year, okay? Uh, approximately, it says, right, okay, so I'm guessing it's around that. And for the Scottish election, she netted £33,000. And for the EU referendum, she got £21,000 on top of her salary for organising that. And um, Scottish Conservative local government spokesman Graham Simpson said, it's plainly wrong that council bosses who are already well paid from the public purse should receive thousands extra for this. Quite simply, it should be part of their job. The public shouldn't, uh, wouldn't object to small payments, but examples have got way out of hand over the years, and now it has to end. And there's some more examples there so, I'll, I'll of be honest, the spending. I'm actually kind of torn about this, yeah. because assuming that organising an election is a difficult job, yeah. I don't really, like, the language there suggests that it's, oh, it's unfair that you're paying someone for doing extra work, which makes no sense to me. Okay. Like, you, it's, it, these people, I assume, must be excellent at doing that, and why shouldn't you pay someone for okay. doing something excellent? But is it extra work? Isn't it just part of the remit? You know, I, 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 no, I really I don't, don't know. know. And I suppose the problem is we don't know, and, yeah. and it's a publicly funded thing, so we ought to know, right? Yeah. So it's transparency is the issue. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I wonder if these MSPs are, one, are willing to put themselves under the, the microscope. But, I mean, let us let me ask a, a libertarian question. Um, okay, first of all, when, when as libertarians, you know, and caps will ask, well, look, what is the purpose of government, Okay. Um, and for minarchists like myself, we retort, well, the purpose of government is to look after um, the military, the police, and the judiciary. That's the three things that, that should be looked after by, by government. When it comes down to local government, mm -hmm. on the other hand, and, you know, uh, the Scottish Libertarian Party are uh, going to be putting up candidates in the Scottish elections for the local council elections in May, um, so watch this space for that. But, question, what, uh, what is local government for? Because the police and the army and the judiciary aren't really part of what the, the local government's remit is. So as libertarians, what is local government for? Dismantling? <laughs> yeah, okay. So we're going to dismantle it from the inside. <laughs> well, yeah, well... What does local government actually do that is useful and that everyone wants? Well, I guess at the moment they would organise... Um, sort of well, well organise elections. Well, clearly organise elections. elections. So yeah. is, is that useful? To get themselves elected. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so it's kind of self-perpetuating. So self there, there was a quote, I can't remember if you, yeah. you said it, but um, a number of people and organisations benefited from the extra money that uh, Ms. O'Donnell got. Yeah. So what, what does that mean? So 
Yeah, she wouldn't disclose who these organisations were. Uh, was it was it her local uh, hairdresser? Was was that one of the organisations that benefited from the sex crime? Right. Was it a local travel agent? Was it? Well, or yeah. You know, was, was it a local cake shop or you know or, or was shoe it shop? Whoever got her in the position she was. She Possibly she does. She doesn't disclose. She just says like, that these organisations benefit. I mean, I mean, who I, decides to pay. I her? think the language that she cloaked it in was trying to hint that she somehow gave it to worthy causes, but okay. she would not disclose who these worthy causes she sprink, were. Sprinkled it yeah. on uh, the chosen yeah. ones. So I think um, bottom line, as a libertarian, uh, it's good. I'm not opposed to uh, cutting back the amount of money we give to uh, to politicians. Um, I'm just wondering if the MSPs are willing to put themselves under the same microscope and say, you know, what what money they're earning, and that probably goes for at national level as well, at the UK level, what uh, MPs are are getting paid. I suppose what I would argue is, if we were going to have a minarchist society, then yes, elections are important. Mm-hmm. And no, nothing else is. But even within a minute, so, and within a minarchist society, national elections would be important. Or, well, but that's why, what I mean. But, so yeah. Scottish parliamentary elections would be important enough. Referendums would be important enough yeah. to to warrant paying people to make sure that's organised well and fairly. Yeah, um, I guess. So, but then they, that's got to come out of the public purse somewhere. So, what do you cut back in order to in, turn, in order to pay your politicians and mm-hmm. also? Where is it coming from? It can't be income tax. That's that's number one, you know, uh, for me, anyway. Even though if we get the base rate down to about 10% or 15 well, ideally I'd like to see it go down to nothing. Uh, but 10% in a medium term, um, it, it's still the use of force to take money to pay for government. So, yeah. yeah. If, if you had to, I, I don't know, like tax in general, I, I think I would advocate for debasing the currency by printing more of it. I think that's the only one I could advocate for because that's the least to do with individuals and the most to do with just the currency on its own being used to right, okay. steal from everyone simultaneously. Yeah, yeah. Well, steal everyone's purchasing power. Yeah, the more well, you have, you know, the more you, it is being stolen from you. Government is a broker in pillage. Yeah, that's that's what it is. Yeah. So anyway. So, are we done? I think we're with done. That shit? Okay. I want to try that new sign off. The new sign off we got was. So, yeah, so uh, take on board everything that we've said here today. Uh, if you disagree with us and just think we're, uh, we're out of order, let us know. Leave some comments on the YouTube video down below. And uh, in the meantime, until we see you next time, don't be a dick or a fanny. Be a libertarian. If you want more Scottish Liberty podcasts, remember to subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, or SoundCloud.